Good morning. How is everyone today? Doing well? Who's excited to watch Taylor Swift's big game tonight? I guess some of you call it the Super Bowl, but whatever, whatever. <laughs> Welcome to this worship service of Ada First United Methodist Church. My name is Reverend Brandy Rigsby, and it is a joy to be gathered this morning to worship our Lord and Savior. I want to offer just a few announcements, but first I want to say welcome to each and every one of you. If you're visiting with us, we extend a special welcome, and if you're joining us online, we are glad to have you as well. Uh, Mark Light is in the back. If you are joining us on YouTube or Facebook, please know that um, he is keeping track of those. If you have any questions, he'll get back to you as soon as possible. But just check in, say hello, say hi to one another, and let us know that you're joining us by that means. Another reminder, we do have a um, tithe and offering box near the back doors, and we do have an online giving option at the top right-hand corner of our church webpage, and we do have the QR code there as well. But we appreciate your donations to our church and its ministries, allowing us to do the good kingdom work that we do both here locally and around the world as part of the United Methodist Church. Ash Wednesday is this coming week, February 14th. Some call that Valentine's Day, um, but it is Ash Wednesday this year too. So we will continue our drive-through Ash tradition um, under the carport off of Highland Street. You can come during the lunch hour from 11.30 to 1 or in the evening from five to seven o'clock, you'll simply pull up in your car under the carport, and myself and some others will be there to offer a scripture reading, a prayer, and the imposition of ashes. So please keep those times in mind and help spread the word, and we hope you'll join us. If you'd like to help during that one of those time frames, also please see me after the service, and we would love to have some extra hands and uh, extra folks there to greet one another and to impose the ashes. Our Lent small groups will be beginning very soon. We are offering two small group studies over some spiritual practices to help deepen and grow our faith during this Lenten season. Mr. Dave Lusk will be offering a Thursday afternoon study group. That'll meet at one o'clock on Thursdays. And that is going to begin on February 29th. So you still have a couple weeks. We'll get information out soon about the books. And then I will lead the Sunday evening study group at six o'clock on Sundays, and that will begin, or did I say six or six? Six, yes, on uh, February 25th. So if you are interested in joining either of those groups, it'll be the same study, just two different times to fit your schedule. If you could please RSVP at the church office or with myself, that would help us to plan accordingly. Final announcement, um, we are continuing to collect addresses and cookies for our Valentine's cookie bundles that will be sent out to the college students. If you have a name and mailing address for a college student in your life, whether they're local or away, we will mail those boxes as well. If you are an Ohio Northern student here with us today and you can give me your name and address after the service, we'll make sure that all of those students get a big platter of cookies just to send a little love to them for Valentine's Day. And if you um, have cookies to be donated, we need those dropped off in the church office by tomorrow. Um, and then the ladies will be packing those on Tuesday morning. Now friends, as we enter into this time of worship, may we come with open hearts. May we come filled by the Spirit of God, knowing that in this time and this place, God's voice is already speaking. God is already at work. If only we will listen. If only we will call out knowing that God hears us. I invite you, will you join me in an attitude of worship?
want to draw attention or make her nervous beforehand, but we want to thank Josie Myers for playing for us today. Josie is 10, by the way. Thank you so much. That was beautiful. And Kim, if you ever need a Sunday off, we've got Josie. Thank you, Josie. Good morning, everybody. Would you all please stand for our call of worship? Come, listen to the one who speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. Come, see the one who shines forth in the perfection of beauty. Come, bring thanksgiving, the sacrifice that honors the one who shows the salvation of God. Would you please remain standing to sing hymn number 77 in our United Methodist hymnal, How Great Thou Art.
you. You can be seated. Our first scripture reading today is from 2 Kings, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. You can follow along in our Pew Bible on page 286. Now the Lord was going to take Elijah up to heaven in a windstorm, and Elijah and Elijah were leaving Gilgal. Elijah said to Elijah, stay here, because the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives, and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went down to Bethel. The group of prophets from Bethel came out to Elijah. These prophets said to Elijah, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? Elijah said, yes, I know. Don't talk about it. Elijah said, Elijah, stay here because the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But Elijah said, as the Lord lives and as you live, I won't leave you. So they went to Jericho. The group of prophets from Jericho approached Elijah and said to him, do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you today? He said, yes, I know. Don't talk about it. Elijah said to Elijah, Stay here, because the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives, and as you live, I won't leave you. So both of them went on together. Fifty members from the group of prophets also went along, but they stood at a distance. Both Elijah and Elijah stood beside the Jordan River. Elijah then took his coat, rolled it up, and hit the water. Then the water was divided in two. Both of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elijah, What do you want me to do Do for you before I am taken away from you? Elijah said, Let me have twice your spirit. Elijah said, You've made a difficult request. If you can see me when I'm taken from you, then it will be yours. If you don't see me, it won't happen. They were walking along, talking, when suddenly a fiery chariot and fiery horses appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went to heaven in a windstorm. Elijah was watching, and he cried out, Oh, my father, my father, Israel's chariots and its riders. When he could no longer see him, Elijah took hold of his clothes and ripped them in two. The word of the Lord for the people of God. I'd like to invite our children forward as Miss Wendy shares our children's message. How are you today? 
Good? <laughs> you did? Oh my goodness. Well, today I want to talk to you a little bit about light. So if we could get some help in the back real quick. Okay. So if we wanted to see right now, um, what's something that we could use to help us? Light. Light, right? The windows. <laughs> Your glasses, definitely for me. Flashlight, absolutely. So I have my flashlight with me, and I'm wondering, okay, so we're, we're lighting things up pretty good, right? You guys can see one another when I shine it? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that if I pointed this flashlight at the ceiling, it would make a light up there right now? What do you think? Yes? yes? Let's try it. Oh, you're right. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. If, so what do I have right here? A sock, right? Is it very pretty? Yeah. No. <laughs> so what do you think is going to happen if I put this flashlight in there? It'll absorb the light. It'll shine. Let's try it. So that looks a little better, don't you think? Yeah. Kind of looks cool. Looks a little bit like a light, right? Yeah, but if you point it anywhere, it doesn't If I pointed it right because it absorbs the light, it shines a little bit, but not quite up at the ceiling, right? All right. I think we're good with the lights now. So today is a special Sunday, and it's called Transfiguration Sunday. Who's heard the word transfiguration? Raise your hand if you've heard that. Does anybody know what it actually means? To transform. So when we have a butterfly, right, and the butterfly comes out of its cocoon, well, it's a caterpillar, right, and then it goes into the cocoon and comes out as a butterfly, what do we call that? Do we say it's transfigured, transfiguration, or do we call it like metamorphosis? Metamorphosis, right? So transfiguration is something a little more special. What that means is something changes into something more beautiful and spiritual. So there was a time when Jesus did that very thing. He was on the mountaintop with his friends, and while they were up there, all of a sudden, a great bright light came out of the clouds, and Jesus and two of the prophets who had already gone to be in heaven were there, and they were so bright, brighter than you could ever imagine. Think of a really bright, where's a really bright place we know of? Can you guys think of a really bright place? The sun? The desert? Yeah, that would definitely be very bright. Like, how about a beach, right? So think of a beach, and this was like so much more bright than even that, than even we could imagine. And the disciples, they were a little afraid because they thought, did we die and go to heaven? It was so beautiful. And they didn't want to leave. They said, Jesus, we want to build tents up here and shelters, and we want to stay here. And what do you think Jesus said? He, right, because there was a loud voice from God, and God said, this is my son. Listen to him. And Jesus said, it's not time for that yet. We're going to go back down the mountain and don't tell anybody about what happened. Okay? And so the reason, they, the reason that we talk about transfiguration is God has promised us that sometime in our life we will be transfigured. And that's at the end of our life when we go to heaven. He's promised us eternal life in such a beautiful place we can't even imagine. Now, right now, do you guys think that if I turn this light on, we could see it up at the ceiling? No. No? You think we could? No. The other lights are on. The other lights are on? So let's try it. What do you think? We can see it, but not so easy, is it? No? And sometimes, if, it's, if it was even brighter, we might have to look, right, at the light to make sure it was on. Right? And, and, and this, this old sock right here, this is kind of like us right now. Jesus says, it's not time for you to be transfigured yet. He says, you have to maybe go get a little messy. You ever use socks to clean up around your house? Like to dust, you know? And, and where do we usually wear our socks? On our feet. On our feet. Does anybody here have smelly feet? No, y'all? <laughs> Thank you for owning that. <laughs> so Jesus says, sometimes we have to do messy stuff here on earth. We have to 
get stinky and do things we don't like. And sometimes we'd rather stay somewhere beautiful, right? We would rather maybe go to the beach than be at our home cleaning our room or be at the beach instead of maybe if our parents come home and they're a little grouchy, would we rather be at the beach? Yeah, so when, when life gets busy, like these lights, sometimes we have to look a little harder for God and God's light. Yeah. Um, so, so Jesus just says, though, there will be a time when we get to stand in God's light, and that will be a wonderful time. And until then, we should be enthusiastic, okay? Can you guys say a prayer with me? Dear Lord, Thank you for promising us life, everlasting with the Lord in heaven. Let us see your light as we do our everyday work, and let us help others see that light in us as well. Amen. Scripture reading is from Mark 9, verse 2 through 9. You can also follow along in your pew Bible on page 769. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John and brought them to the top of a very high mountain where they were all alone. He was transformed in front of them, and his clothes were amazingly bright, brighter than if they had been bleached white. Elijah and Moses appeared and were talking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all of this by saying to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good that we're here. Let's make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He said this because he didn't know how to respond, for the three of them were terrified. Then a cloud overshadowed them, and a voice spoke from the cloud. This is my son, whom I dearly love. Listen to him. Suddenly looking around, they no longer saw anyone with them except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them not to tell anyone what they had seen until after the human one had risen from the dead. The word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks Thanks be be to to God. God. This coming week, on Wednesday, we will begin our journey through the season of Lent. Now, in the life of the church and in our faith, Lent is marked as a time of reflection and repentance. It's about preparing our hearts and our lives for Jesus' final days on earth. Preparing our hearts and our lives for his crucifixion and his resurrection. Today, though, according to the lectionary calendar, is Transfiguration Sunday. So I asked Julie to put a couple slides up here. I know you hear me periodically talk about the lectionary calendar. I did not make that up. It is a real thing. You can type in and Google UMC lectionary, and you will find this. Now, don't think I preach from this every Sunday. You will be... um, let down. Um, (laughs) But this is something for preachers to reference, and you can click on, like this week, Transfiguration Sunday. It lists several verses, and then there are different pieces in there, like here's an idea, here's a direction you can go preaching with these scriptures. There's hymn references, there's call to worship ideas, even the liturgical colors so that I know to change the pyramids to white on this Sunday. And on this particular Sunday, Some call it the last Sunday of Epiphany. 
the, the, the season in which we began with the Magi arriving to visit Jesus. But others, our UMC lectionary authors included, consider this a standalone Sunday. Not Epiphany, but not quite Lent. It's a sort of liminal space in between two church seasons. And in a lot of ways, it reminds me of the season in parenting that, Jesus, uh, that Justin and I find, I'm not married to Jesus, that Justin and I, <laughs> that Justin and I find ourselves in right now, our children are not, yes, the fruit of Jesus. Um, <laughs> but I've been told this time, eight and 10 years old, this is a sweet spot in parenting. Now we have our rough days, but overall it is a sweet spot. You see, our girls are still young enough that they want to play and sing and dance, and sometimes, just not near the school, they will give us hugs. And every once in a while, when we're walking somewhere, I will feel a hand slip into my hand. And for just a few moments, they'll let me hold their hand, but I don't dare point it out. Don't bring attention to it or it will end. <laughs> but our girls are also never again will it happen our girls are also old enough that they're mostly self-sufficient if we want to sleep in on a Saturday they will go downstairs and make themselves breakfast and watch TV and let us sleep we don't carry a bag full of diapers or clothes or snacks anymore they sleep through the night they get themselves dressed and the best part of all if they're hungry I can tell them, get the leftovers out of the fridge and microwave it, and I don't have to cook dinner. It is a glorious stage. And a sidebar, for those of you with littles right now, I can tell the bags under your eyes, the bags over your shoulders, it really does get easier. But I'm also catching glimpses of the next season when they cry, laugh, and scream all in the same breath, when they call me dude, or roll their eyes, or tell me how annoying I am. <laughs> the peanut gallery over here. But in this moment, in this moment, we are living in between these two extremes, and there is something magical about it, and I just don't want to let it go. In both of our scripture passages today, we see a very similar liminal or in-between moment that is playing out. You see, Elijah was about to be taken up to heaven, and he would leave his work to his apprentice, Elisha. But for the moment, in between the past and the future, Elisha still has his mentor, to guide him through what is to come. This time in between, for Elisha, it feels comfortable. It feels safe. And then there's Jesus on the mountain with Peter and James and John. They have come so far already, but only Jesus knows how difficult the road ahead will really be. And so in this moment, in this liminal space in between what was and what is to come, there is comfort and there is safety. But as much as he doesn't want to admit it, Elisha knows what is coming next. See, in verse 5 it says, The group of prophets from Jericho approached Elisha and said to him, Do you know that the Lord is going to take your master away from you? And do you remember what Elisha said in reply? He said, yes, I know, don't talk about it. A couple weeks ago, I had to renew my license and I chose the eight-year renewal option. As we were walking out of the BMV, Justin pointed out, the next time you come in here to renew your license, Haley will be a senior in high school. And I said, yes, I know, don't talk about it. 
I think Peter knew too. Jesus had been trying to tell them all along what his purpose would be. But I don't think it really clicked until they were standing with him on that mountaintop. And suddenly as he's transfigured before, the, before them, his clothes becoming bright white as though they had been bleached white. I think it was then that Peter finally started connecting the dots, realizing this is the beginning of the end. So he says to Jesus, he says, Rabbi, it is good that we are here. Let's build three shrines and stay. I think of it like those moments when the girls ask me as I'm tucking them in at night, Mom, will you stay just a little while longer? And I understand why Peter wanted to stay in that moment just a little while longer, as long as possible on that mountaintop. But I know and we know what comes next. Kids grow up. Elijah is taken to heaven. Jesus is crucified on a cross. And it all boils down to one word. Change. Everything was about to change. And change is hard. There's grief at what was. There's fear about what will be. And there are growing pains in between. I don't know anyone who says, you know, I love change. In fact, I am personally so opposed to change that last week I ordered two new backpacks. I wanted to decide which one I like the best. I will be sending both of them back because I've decided that my 20-year-old Jansport with one working strap is just way more comfortable than those two new ones. And sometimes, what we know, what we know to be safe and comfortable, no matter how much it doesn't fit or it doesn't work anymore, at least it's safer than the unknown. So friends, dare I ask, how often do we hold on to a version of faith that doesn't fit anymore? A version of faith that doesn't work anymore, but we hold on to it just because it feels safe and comfortable. Because as it always happens, life happens. We encounter new situations and people. We encounter experiences that open our eyes to something different and something bigger. And suddenly our faith is forced to stretch and grow. And boy, are there growing pains. Questions and doubts are perceived as a lack of faith. Speaking up, disagreeing, interjecting with words like grace and love and justice and mercy, they're met with raised eyebrows. And maybe even disapproval from those who are closest to us. But what if growing pains are a good thing? As the saying goes, growth and comfort cannot coexist. So what happened that day on the mountain? It was more than a static, one-time event. The transfiguration, it was a glimpse, a foreshadowing of what was to come. Scholars point out that Jesus' clothing that day held special meaning. The words of Mark's gospel say his clothes became bright white. This language coincides with language used by other Jewish authors at that time to describe God's new kingdom. And so the author of Mark's gospel was describing a new world in which everyone would be dressed in gleaming white. Right there in that moment, on that mountaintop, a new world was breaking in. And in the middle of that inbreaking, there were two others present, Moses and Elijah. 
Moses associated with the law, Elijah, a prophet. Do you see the connection? Do you see the importance of what was happening? What had been proclaimed and anticipated all through Scripture since the beginning of time, it was culminating in this one moment. Jesus, who had been born in the flesh to walk among us as one of us, now in this moment of transfiguration, his divinity was being revealed. Jesus, the man, becoming Jesus, the divine. And the glowing clothes, that was just the opening act. Remember that day on the bank of the Jordan River. As Jesus emerged from the baptismal waters, it says the, the heavens opened up and the voice of God spoke. And on that mountaintop, once more the heavens opened and the voice of God spoke. In both cases, he said, this is my son whom I dearly love. Listen to him. And perhaps what came next is just as important. In verse 9 of Mark, it says, as they were coming down the mountain. As they were coming down the mountain. Do you remember Peter's earlier request? He told Jesus, it is great up here. We should build tents and shrines. We should live on top of this mountain. He was saying, I want to stay here, literally and figuratively. Let's just stay here where things are good. See, Peter and Elisha were really a lot of like clingy and fearful. But my guess is that change brings out those traits in all of us. We desperately want to cling to the past that we know the comfort, and the safety of the known. But ready or not, soon after, Elisha was called upon to defend God's honor. And Peter, well, it wouldn't be long before he would be faced with Jesus' arrest and trial and crucifixion. In both of these transfiguration stories, the purpose of the events was the same, Preparation. Elijah was handing over to Elisha his prophetic call and work. Jesus was passing to Peter and the disciples their authority and mission to continue his work. And you see those transforming mountaintop moments, they had to happen in order to prepare them for the journey and the work ahead. Because what they had always known, the way they had always done it, it wouldn't be enough for what was coming next. Change, growing pains, transformation, it was all necessary to move them into this new reality and this new calling. Friends, today we are standing in a sweet spot, in a liminal moment a time between Christ's birth and Christ's death. But on Wednesday, as we receive the sign of sin and death and repentance drawn in ash upon our foreheads, we will enter into a new season, a season of Lent that leads us down from the mountaintop and onto a path that leads to the cross. Everything is about to change. Nothing feels safe or comfortable. And maybe your own lives feel similar, like you are living in a season of change and discomfort. Maybe you're struggling physically, emotionally, or spiritually. You have doubts and questions. Maybe you're carrying your own pain and grief. Or maybe you just feel stuck just standing in the moment, not sure what the next moment will bring. But remember, 
Jesus did not let the disciples stay on the mountaintop. He led them down. He called them to walk beside him into the unknown, into what was to come. He knew it would be difficult. He knew it would lead to his own death, and still he went. And even now he continues to call us to follow. We are called in this season of Lent to drink the cup that Jesus drank, to be baptized with his baptism. We are invited to follow him to the cross, prepared to take up the mantle when we are called. But the season of change and these growing pains, they won't last forever. We already know how the story ends. And so maybe in the midst of our discomfort, we will also experience something new. Something we haven't experienced in a long time. Transfiguration. Transformation. Maybe we'll experience Christ's divine presence breaking in around us. Because you see, this isn't the end. Our lives, our church, our world, they aren't collapsing in around us. They're changing. The old is being stripped away and transformed, and God's voice is whispering to us once more. My beloved children, follow me. Follow me, for behold, the kingdom of God is at hand. Let us pray. Almighty God, it is a strange time of year as we find ourselves lingering between the seasons of Epiphany and Lent, in between the joy of your appearing and the horror of your undoing. Perhaps we, like Peter, James, and John, wait for your appearing in dazzling light and unmistakable clarity. We need a glimpse, a glimpse of Christ who is the way through this mess of life. We need a glimpse of Jesus who is life, inviting us to follow in his footsteps inviting us to follow in prayer. Draw us, O oh God, into the rhythm of Lent as it unfolds in our midst. The sacred invitation to explore the corners of our soul. Open us to your light that we might see ourselves more clearly. Our fears, our faults, our desires, our dreams. Help us to see our journey as a place of your appearing. That like Peter, James, and John, we may come down from the mountain, set one foot in front of the other, in your name and for your sake. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.
moment up here, maybe an epiphany moment, right before the service started, I saw the, the um, Scott's music book up there with the title of the song on it, and I realized Andy had told me she went to visit Don Traxler the week before he passed, and you weren't able to understand much of what he was saying in those last couple of weeks, but he kept saying, right on, right on, and after hearing that song, I think I knew exactly what he meant. So. Now, friends, as we move into this next time of worship. We pause into, in this moment to reflect upon the gifts, the graces that God has poured out upon us. And we offer back just a portion of what we have, all that we are for the building of God's kingdom. In this moment, as we prepare our hearts to receive our morning tithes and offerings, I invite you to stand with me as we sing the words of our doxology, Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Please rise as you are able. into this time of prayer. May we come with open hearts. May we come with listening ears. And may we know that God hears our prayers. Will you please join me in an attitude of prayer? 
Merciful and mighty Lord, we have come today to worship you. To worship you with words of prayer and with songs of praise. We have come today longing for a glimpse of your glory. Glory that shines in the darkness. Glory that gives strength to the weary. We have come today once again to confirm and declare that you are our God and we are your people. On mountaintops and in valleys, in our homes and in our hearts, oh God, you know us better than we know ourselves. And so we acknowledge this morning all the ways that we have fallen short of your desire for our lives. And we pray, forgive us, Lord, when we linger too long on the mountaintops. When we fail to listen to your voice leading and guiding us, shake us from our contentment. Forgive our short-sightedness, create clean hearts in us, and renew right spirits within us. May we know in this moment that by your mercy, O Lord, we have been forgiven and made whole. And now, Father God, we come to you lifting our prayers. We lift a prayer of thanks and praise that Sharon Morgan's brother, Ken, came successfully through extensive surgery this past week is up and walking and doing well. Lord, we thank you for the healing that is already taking place in his body. And we pray that you will continue to strengthen him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also lift up today, especially the Mathewson family. As yesterday marked one year since Molly's death, and today her birthday. For Clint and Jude and all who loved Molly, Lord, we pray that you will give them strength and comfort even as they continue to grieve. May your spirit of love surround them and give them peace and hope for each day. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. We also continue to lift up Linda and Jay Epley, Rob McCurdy, Nancy Fleming, Gary Clausen, Carol Lobenhofer, and Jean Smith. Lord, we pray that your spirit will fill each of their hearts, give them strength, peace, and faith. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now in a moment of silence, we pause to lift the unspoken prayers that lie on our hearts today. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. And now, Lord of light, love, and glory, we pray that you will reveal your presence to us. As you did for Jesus and the disciples at the foot of the mountain, send your spirit to show us the way we should go. Open our hearts and minds to the transforming power of change and growth. Help us not fear what tomorrow holds, but to embrace uncertainty with courage and grace. Guide us into the next chapter of our story, trusting that you, the author, already knows what lies ahead and beyond. Through study, prayer, fasting, and worship, help us prepare our hearts for the season of Lent that is upon us. 
Keep ever within our view the grace and the love of Jesus Christ that led him to death on a cross so that we might know life. We pray all these things in the name of our Savior who taught us to pray together by saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And now, as people of God who have seen God's glory, may we rise and, and sing together our closing hymn, number 173, Christ Whose Glory Fills the Sky. Please stand as you are able. God send us back down the mountain of our worship for we have seen the light of the world we have been changed we have been transformed and as the season of Lent unfolds may we take up our mantle and seek to love and live as Christ did amen